But I think when we're surrounded by instant gratification, it's something really special to put the time and effort into making something that you really care about. Hey, hey, Creative Earthworms. Okay, I'm trying to think of a name for you guys, and I don't know if worms is the right one. Maybe Creative Dirtians. Creative Dirt Taz. I don't know. Hey, guys, welcome to Creative Dirt. I'm Honor Tarantigue, and this is a podcast all about how to live a more creative life. This space is designed to be a community of art for people who don't feel like they have that. So people who aren't professional artists, people who are just trying to figure out how to fit creativity into their day or into their life. This podcast is for you and everybody's welcome. So today we are having my amazing friend, Anna Hardiman, come on and chit chat about her shoemaking and shoe designing. Oh my gosh, this, okay, I feel like when you hear somebody's hobby, they're like, oh, you know, I make bracelets or I make, I do flowers and not to say anything bad about those. I've done both of those things before, but you don't really hear people every day being like, I make shoes, I'm a shoemaker. So her hobby is just so cool. And listening to her made me feel really just inspired because she really allows herself to like chase whatever she wants to. Um, she's interested in so many different things. And I think it's really cool to see her just thinking up of what she's interested in and then being like, okay, I'm going to go do it. You know, and I've been seeing some TikToks and stuff recently that's like a big part of like having a different life or being different or wanting to be even more creative, if you will. A lot of that starts with doing something different. So if you want something different to happen in your life, you got to do something different to make things different. And Anna, she said, hey, I want a more creative life. I want to do something interesting that I love. I want to pursue what I'm really interested in. And she said, okay, I'm doing something different and I'm going to follow my passion for making shoes. So this podcast is definitely like one of those just do it ones. I think it's going to be really interesting for you guys to hear about like what all shoemaking entails. And then I also love how we talked, we talked a little bit in this episode about all these different ideas she has for her brand. And she's like not afraid to let them be known. She thinks them up in her head and then she tells people. And I feel like a lot of times I'm not, if I have like a big idea in my head, like I don't tell anybody until it's like possibly going to happen or come to fruition because I don't want people to judge it and I want it to to be mine. But I do think telling people that you love and you trust about your idea really can be a great source of encouragement because hopefully those people will tell you, yeah, go for it, pursue it. Anna just lets her creativity be known. She hops onto what she's interested in and she doesn't waste any time, you know, because I feel like being creative, you can have a lot of time where you're like sitting on that idea and you know thinking oh like what if i tried this what if i tried that you even might go out and buy all the materials but then you sit on the stuff and like don't do anything that's kind of what i'm doing with my skirt sewing project right now i'm working on it but i'm like oh man i've been procrastinating a lot guys it's tough but i love that she just gets out there and she doesn't pitter patter between oh should i do it should i not she just doesn't if she doesn't like it she moves to the next thing but I think she found out that she actually really loved it a lot. So she's so cool. She's so inspiring. She's also so well-spoken. I just love the way that she talks about creativity and just following what you love and what you're interested in. So without further ado, here's the shoemaker, Anna Hardiman. I feel that, like the podcast room really suits you. 
Thank you. Like your headset on and your like jacket and Thank you, you look like you've done this before. I haven't, but I'm glad I again. <laughs> it seems like you have. So Anna, can you introduce yourself for all of the guests? Sure. My name is Anna Hardyman and I have a nine to five marketing job and my five to nine at the moment is shoemaking. I have lots of creative hobbies, but shoemaking is my my big one. So let's start at the beginning. Anna, the young creative person and how we got to where we are today. So tell me about you as a kid. Did you have like a specific like creative outlet that you were really into or um, were you always interested in shoes? <laughs> I feel like I was I was not always interested in shoes. That was relatively recent, but I was a very creative child. I had a teddy bear that I was really into. His name was Kui. It was short for koali because I thought he was a koala bear. He was not a koala bear at all. But I had... Kui. Kui, yeah. <laughs> I had a whole, like, world for him as a little kid. And I would make these magazines where he'd be on the cover. And, oh. like, I liked to draw. I just liked to do anything creative as a kid. And then I feel like I kind of lost that growing up until quarantine. I had been studying abroad. I was in Aix-en-Provence, France. Oh, my beautiful. Gosh, Can't recommend like... it enough. And I had to come home. And I suddenly found myself with way more time than I was used to having because my classes didn't really continue. So I had way more time than I was used to. And I kind of started to rediscover my love of doing things creative, starting with painting and then developing interest in sewing. And then I bought a pair of cowboy boots I really liked. So I started looking up how to make shoes. And then that got me here. So when you came back, you discovered your creative abilities a little bit more. When you were in France, did that sort of rekindle anything while you were there or was it just like the having time on your hands the school I went to I didn't do any of the classes but they had some painting classes and so when I came back I was like painting I should try painting and then I painted some of my pictures from abroad and that kind of got me started again because it's so beautiful there yes there's a lot of inspiration I didn't know that that also makes me sad so I'm sorry that that happened to you (laughs) you know silver lining I might not have really rediscovered my creativity and I think that would have made me A lot more sad long term. Yeah. Well, always go, go, go in college. I feel like sometimes you just like need to slow down. Yes. So you created this Kuiopolis. Yes. I love that. So you would create magazines for him and like worlds. Did you? And you like would paint his room and. I have an older brother and so I would play kind of with him. Um, probably sometimes annoying him, but I think it was, it was really fun. And he had like a TV show and a restaurant and I would make my brother come like order at his restaurant. (gasps) He sold curly cheese fries. That was the big thing. Oh, that sounds delicious. It's been interesting chatting with a lot of folks because a lot of the sort of creative outlets start with people in, in childhood. And then just like you mentioned, it seems like there is a realization that like, oh, I have to do adult things now. I have to leave that behind. And I'm, I'm thinking through this too, like, why do you think that we let go of our creative abilities to be an adult? Yeah, I don't know. It's tricky. I think that it's the time. In high school, I started running cross-country and track. It was really hard to manage classes and sports and a creative outlet. And so I feel like you're kind of forced to choose sometimes. But I think maybe we can... I guess, teach the next generation. Like, you don't have to give up one, even if you have to prioritize your time. You can still spend some time doing things you love, even if it's not your main thing. I think also, like, when you're in high school and you're starting to think about college, if that's something you want to do, you're thinking about what can I put on a resume, which is, like, 
I want to be the captain of a team or the leader of a club. And sometimes there's not a lot of room for this is something that makes me happy, but isn't something that I can necessarily put on my resume and get an award for. And it's just something that's for me. And we kind of lose sight of that. Yeah. As we grow up, we're told we kind of have to achieve things. If it's graduate high school or or if it's get to college or if it's whatever it is, kind of, I guess, get responsibility thrust upon us. And we have to put those things aside and, and learn to manage our time like an adult. But that's lame that we yeah. have to do that. I still find, I find it difficult now, even just finding the time to do yeah. creative hobbies and interests, like trying to block out time during the week to do it can be hard. Totally. And I think like you mentioned, COVID was a huge boom in creative outlets and stuff because people did have all this time on their hands. When they logged off of work, they had like nothing to do and they were sitting at their house. So that has was like a big resurgence in creative abilities. And yet now that COVID is not done, but, but like quarantine's over. Quarantine yeah. is over. It's like, how do we regain our time? We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you from The Russell. It's a historic East Nashville church transformed into a -a one-of-a-kind boutique hotel. So if you're looking for an example of creative reuse right here in Nashville, I would definitely recommend staying at The Russell. The Russell's mission is to give back to the Nashville community through their Rooms for Rooms program by donating a portion of each day to local nonprofits who are helping those experiencing homelessness. Visit russellnashville.com to book your experience today. Welcome back to the show. So let's talk about your idea for shoemaking. Yes. Where did that come from? Because, you know, when you see a lot of people who are like, I want to get involved in a creative endeavor, it's pastels or it's, you know, printmaking. I've never heard anyone else say, I want to learn how to cobble shoes. So where did that come from? So I think where it started was just an interest in fashion. My freshman year of college, I was majoring in chemical engineering, which, like, not for me, um, but I guess interesting foreshadowing. This wasn't the sole reason I changed my major, but when I found out you'd have to wear steel-toed boots, I was like, that's <laughs> not going to yeah, that's not gonna fit with my, my dreams. <laughs> so I started kind of looking for more creative interests, and I majored in marketing, and I was kind of thinking, like, oh, maybe I'll do fashion marketing, something like that. So I thought maybe I would learn how to sew just to kind of help me do that. But I started to just really enjoy sewing. And the way that I dress, I mean, I like clothes, but a lot of my outfits are like pretty simple white shirt, jeans or dress or something. But I love a pair of fun boots. I bought these pink cowboy boots that I really, really like. And like I have a pair of purple boots that have like a platform on them. And so I kind of realized what I really love are shoes. And also something I love about shoes is I'm not amazing at sewing. So it takes me a lot of time and your clothing size changes more than your shoe size does. So also you don't throw shoes in the wash and maybe unravel all the seams if you don't do it correctly. (laughs) So I kind of just started to, I think I just Googled how to sew cowboy boots and went down the whole deep dive. And I found this sewing podcast that had like 300 episodes. It's called Love to Sew. And looked in their archives for shoemaking, and I found this company called I Can Make Shoes. They're based in London, and they have a really comprehensive online shoemaking course, and they sell shoe supplies. And I thought about it for a long time because I was kind of doing some other projects with, like, learning how to sew. I was also trying to learn how to draw. I really dabbled in a lot of things. So I started doing the course about three, three months ago, and I just finished my first pair of shoes. It took me a little bit to learn a new skill. So it sounds like you were just following your interests, 
and pursuing your fa- passions, your fashions, your passions, and just and it just led you to shoemaking, which is yeah. so cool. I think it's really interesting to hear how people and something that I like about what you are doing as well is that is if I want to do a creative art, I'll see something and be like, I can remake that, or I'll see something and be like. I want to be able to do that multiple times for half the price because, you know, I'm like a maxinista, like I love a good deal. (laughs) So I love to be able to take something, recreate it, do it my way and do it for like a cheaper. So that's cool that you you did that as well. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes that's a good way to do it. My big struggle when I started was I have lots of things that I like to do, but I didn't have one big thing. And I think just kind of trying a lot of things and drifting and following my interests led me to something I really like. And so sometimes it takes time, but... That's kind of a good way to do it. Yeah. All right. When you first told people that you were making shoes, what were people's reactions? Was it like, oh, great, love that? Or were people kind of like, that's weird? Or I feel like I got a mix. Okay. I feel like definitely no one was harmful, but they were like, <laughs> you know, you can buy shoes. Oh, my gosh. People are so unimaginative. People are unimaginative. Also, I think a lot of people were just like, how did you even find that? Yeah. That's crazy. I think it was a lot more supportive than I was afraid it was going to be, mm-hmm. especially when I posted it online for the mm-hmm. first time. People were way nice. I don't know why. I don't think I expected them to be mean, but I was very nervous and it was very positive. Um, I will say I told people about shoemaking for about a year before I actually started because there's a lot of upfront costs to it compared to I don't know, drawing, for example. There's a lot of materials. Um, I enrolled in this whole course and so I didn't want to just go into it without considering the time and the money that it would require to start a new hobby. So I didn't want to go into it and then give up on it after a month. So I really spent a long time telling people that I wanted to make shoes. And so I think by the time I actually started, everyone was just very excited. They're like, well, it's about time. They're like, yeah. <laughs> but it's good that it seems like you were very intentional about getting started with it. But also you were willing to get out there and just try stuff. So yeah. being intentional, but also just going for it. That's great. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about the actual physical making of the shoe. I didn't know that you you sew them. What are you physically doing with your hands? So I've only made one pair, so I'm not a total expert, but the pair I made were sandals, and there is some sewing involved. If you're making a pair of closed-toed shoes, you build it over, it's called a shoe last. It's kind of like a mannequin of a shoe, but for the sandals, you'll have an insole. If it's a high-heeled sandal, you have a shanked insole. It has a metal shank down the middle to support your arch, so you're not just, like... Flopping around. Flopping around, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you will cut out the pieces you want for your straps and line them. So you'd glue two pieces of leather together, stitch down both sides, and then you will measure it over the foot or the shoe last onto the insole, glue it down. You take a beveler, which, like, skives the leather so it's flat, and then glue on the sole. There's also welted soles, but that's like where it's stitched on. That's more advanced, not what I do. There are multiple ways to make a shoe. For the heels, you would drill on the heels. So there's a lot of different things. There's some sanding involved. Okay. I like that there's a variety of activities that go into it. That is cool. It's gluing, Gluing, sewing, sanding, sanding, drilling, hammering. Like Yes, I'm making a pair of clog sandals from a craft kit from it's called leather needle thread they sell these clog sandal kits and you hammer in tacks okay how do you find these different communities or outlets that are out there like offering these creative courses do you just kind of rabbit hole like online and see what you can find or do you get recommendations from specific places i do tend to rabbit hole but i think once you rabbit hole into an area that you're interested in and you follow them on social media or listen to a podcast that um you'll get recommendations 
for other people that are doing it. Like I found this craft kit through the shoemaking school that I enrolled in. And I was like, that looks super fun. So then I went to them and then I might see something on their Instagram for someone else who's doing something similar. I love a good rabbit hole, don't you? Okay. Yeah, sometimes I go too far. Like it's been hours now and 10 years ahead of myself. That's why TikTok is so hard to get away from. But TikTok is a really good resource. I was at Joanne's yesterday, no, a couple days ago, and I'm trying to find a, a skirt sewing pattern. And I was like, okay, TikTok, where am I finding this? And so I got one from, from their suggestions. Love it. So is there a specific shoe type that you're like, in the future, I must complete the flip-flop? Boots. Okay. Love to get into making boots, especially cowboy boots. I think that my style is maybe a little bit different than a traditional cowboy boot. I, I like a pair of cute, like, suede, embroidered, like, pink or orange or fun colors. And so I'm excited to just kind of explore my style through footwear design. Love it. What is your fashion and or shoe style? I love colors. I have very specific colors that I love and I'm generally dressed. I don't wear a ton of prints. I'm pretty simple most of the time with solid colors, but I love a color blocked outfit. I wear a lot of pastels, but I tend to gravitate towards the same few colors over and over again. So for me, even if it's a really classic shoe silhouette, like my next pair of shoes that I'm working on are a pair of Mary Jane heels, just basic style, but I'm going to do them in a bright orange because that's one of my favorite colors. So I think I like to take things and put them in a color where you wouldn't necessarily traditionally find them and then kind of match colors together that complement each other, but it's sort of a color blocked outfit, like blue dress, purple shoes or something like that. I really like that style too, because if it was me, like I would literally wear neon orange, neon purple, like I love colors. I just love them. And that's what's so fun about sewing, too, is mm-hmm. if you can't find exactly what you're looking for in a store, you can usually find that fabric. And I guess, theoretically, if you can't find the fabric, you can dye some fabric. Yeah. But you can sew things in a color that you want them to be, and then you can make a whole outfit because you have extra fabric. You can make things that go together, and you can kind of curate your own style instead of relying on mm-hmm. what stores have that you can afford that's in your size. Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting thing about creativity, too, is kind of like the freedom in it and the being able to create your own rules and you know be the leader of exactly what you want to do having this space where we can be our own boss is great oh i work in marketing and in marketing the way that i work in it i don't do brand marketing i do Mm -hmm. performance marketing so it's about what other people want to see in Mm -hmm. an app it's going to be what copy works the best what image works the best what landing page is the best but there's less room to experiment because it has to work. There's data involved. And that's great. And that's, I mean, essential for businesses. But in my own creative life, it's, I can just experiment with things and the stakes are a lot lower. And so there's just more fun and more play involved. Play and experimentation. We need more of that in our lives, right? I need more of it. So, okay. Style is color blocked fun. Pastel, Pastel color block. Sometimes I strive for like pastel color block cowboy, but I don't always go cowboy, but I would say my essential style is pastel color block cowboy. And I hope eventually I can start making shoes for other people or designing shoes or starting a shoe brand. The shoe brand idea. So future state, what, what is your dream? My dream is, I guess, shoe brand. Not necessarily all boots, but I think boots would be a big focus um, of just fun, girly, shoes and then what i would love to do 
is because shoemaking is my main thing currently, and it's my favorite craft I've taken on, so for the foreseeable future, but I have so many other things I'm interested in that I would love to have a brand, but then a store that has cool pop-up events. Like maybe we have pop-up ice skating, but the, the ice skates are really cute and like cute ice skate boots or like a coffee shop pop-up or something where, I don't know, the ice cubes are shaped like shoes. I just think it would be so fun to make it kind of a combination of creative play and shoes. Thinking about how to engage other people is really interesting because there's a lot of shoes you can go out and buy, but I think creating experiences for other people, especially creative ones, that they won't be able to engage with otherwise is a really interesting endeavor and could bring a lot more people to your shoe store as opposed to you know going somewhere else. So dive into that creative side. Like I love that, the shoe ice cubes. I know what I'm getting you for your next birthday. Oh, I'm gonna get you, you. A, sh- a shoe ice cube mold. <laughs> Actually, I have an you idea have journal. No, oh. I have an idea journal where I write all these down, but it's the journal you got me for my birthday because really? it has shoes on it. Oh my gosh. Okay, so yeah. So in your idea journal, is it mostly ideas about what you want to do with shoes or like everything? It's centered around shoes, but it's kind of, it's so rambly. It's just like bullet points. I'm like, shoe ice skating rink, next bullet point, orange Mary Janes. And they're just all jumbled together whenever I have an idea. That's awesome. But it's decipherable to me, I guess. There you go. That's all that matters. And then maybe if I go back and I don't understand something, it'll just give me an even better idea. Yes. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. So you recently start, started a shoe Instagram. What was sort of your idea in creating that? I like the idea of creating fun content, but I don't want to do it on my personal Instagram because I like to keep that a little bit more private. But I do want to share my art with people. And I think I have fun ideas. And this is kind of a place for me to consolidate that and put that out there. I have a lot of fun content ideas. I'm kind of just getting started at Animate Shoes. And <laughs> and I'm just excited to kind of document my process of exploring shoemaking. Just everything shoes in one fun place. Love that you started that. I'm really excited to follow your journey and see what shoes you're making next. Do you struggle with content creating at all? Because I definitely struggle with it. Yes. I, if I had all the amount of time in the world to create content, I would do it, but I feel like there's a lot of kind of like shoulds out there in terms of content creating. You have to post this many times a day on this app, that app, and the other, and it gets exhausting. And again, with the creating part, I want to create stuff when I feel like it, when I want to, when I've got something that I feel like is interesting or relevant, but it can be hard to feel like you have to take on the labor of just like creating content and pushing stuff out. For sure. Because also... It takes time. I don't want to rush my projects to the point where I don't enjoy them anymore. Because at the end of the day, it's something I'm supposed to enjoy. It's not, you know, it's not paying the bills for me right now. So it's something I'm doing purely for my enjoyment and for creativity. And it takes time to make a pair of shoes. And so if I'm trying to put out a bunch of content, I want it to be entertaining. I don't want it to be just spamming people's Instagrams with random pictures. So I think it's tough to find the balance 
especially if you're documenting the process because that's something you have to consider as you're making it. Sometimes even if you have an idea for a video or something, you have to change the order of the steps you're doing things in to fit your video idea. I had something recently, I'm making these clog sandals and I wanted to do a video where it's like the base, it's a wooden clog base and it's like I pick it up and then I put it down and it's completed. But I took the video sideways. Oh no. And I can't post a sideways video. So I'm trying to retake it, but I've already marked where I'm going to put the straps. But I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. But then I find myself just being like, oh no, you know, you have to really plan ahead on it. And it does add a whole other element to creating something. I've definitely done stuff like that before where I'm like, oh, I've got to start all over. And it, it, in some ways, it kind of sucks some of the fun of creating out a little bit because mm -hmm. it's, again, kind of going back to that idea of, is this for me? Or am I doing it to achieve something and to show other people what I have done? Um, or is it to share and, and encourage other people? And so that's a way that I'm trying to think about it is that if I share something with other people, I'm trying to think of it in more of an encouraging way rather than, a, oh, I have to do this kind of way. Yes. And, and I, I think your tone and captions can be hard for me because I feel like my default is kind of not like flippant, but sort of just like a little pun or something. But I feel like with shoemaking, this is my art, and so it's a little bit more sincere, and it's kind of scary to put yourself out there with something creative that you're doing, even if you don't get any negative feedback, because it's a lot more personal than just, you know, I'm posting a picture with my friend. At least for me, I find it a lot more intimidating than posting a picture with my friends, because it is something that's a little bit weird and different, and... I feel like I'm exposing a more personal side of myself to the internet, which can be ruthless. Oh, and yeah. I see reels where I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Especially fashion, when you see runway fashion. And it's something that people wouldn't necessarily wear on the street, but it's an art form. And then you open the comments and half the comments are people being like, this is stupid. And the other half is people don't understand that this is art. And so it just turns into a big argument. And I think seeing stuff like that can make it scary to post your own art online. That's a great point. I love what you said about your art, Instagram being the more personal side of you where you're showing up online. When I, before I posted the first uh, episode of this podcast, before I hit publish, I was like, am I about to do this? I was like really nervous and then Me I hit too. the button. Yeah. And it, it's, yeah, it's just nerve wracking and it's definitely hard to put yourself out there and um, it's hard to keep it up too. Because I think there's a lot of things where I've been like, oh, well, I want to get started, but then I can't kind of commit to keep doing it and to keep showing up and keep putting myself out there and keep being okay with the fact that I'm going to be nervous about this every time I hit publish. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think that commitment to being scared about it is something that you kind of have to get used to as if you're going to be a creator who wants to share things. And maybe there'll be a day where you'll be like, oh, like, this is so easy. I got this. But maybe not. Yeah, maybe someday. So you mentioned it can be hard to make time for learning shoemaking as well as having a full-time job and being a human and eating and, you know, breathing and all the other things that humans do. How have you found a good way to manage your time? I think for me right now, I'm trying to block out at least one night a week. That is my craft night where I have dinner is already cooked. I just have to heat it up. I've got no plans. I have nothing going on except for sitting down and focusing on a craft that I'm working on. And then maybe throughout the week, if I have 15 minutes or something and I'm feeling inspired, I might work on it. But I think having a dedicated block of time, which can be easier said than done. I did not do one this week, but next week I'll start strong again. So I think you just, you have to not 
beat yourself up about it. Yes, I think too something I've done for this podcast. I don't necessarily have a set time where I work on it, but I have a set time where it has to be done. So maybe having specific intervals of time to work on it, like you mentioned, or having specific due dates, which like probably is like not the funnest way to think about it. <laughs> I feel like I move from one to the other as I'm working on a project because when I start, I don't necessarily want to put a due date on something if I haven't done it before and I don't know how long it's going to take me. Mm-hmm. There might be things like my first pair of shoes took me like three months, but I kind of start off as like, I'm going to block out this time tonight to work on this project. And then as it comes together more, I might be like, tonight I'm doing this step. And then next week I'm doing this specific step. And then I have goals to work towards. Because it's hard. It is hard. I And last year I read I read The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Okay. And something, have you read it? No, but I like really need to read it. And I've heard a lot of fantastic commentary about it. It's really good. So okay. something that she talks about is doing a weekly artist date, which is doing something. She talks about it as like taking your inner artist child on a date. But I guess she describes it better than I do. But summary version is going by yourself to do something fun and it doesn't have to be fine art like going to a museum or going to a play or something it's more just play and adventure for yourself to gain inspiration and I think finding a balance between going out and getting inspiration and living your life and also finding the time to turn that into art can be especially challenging and I don't know if there's a perfect system to do it I think it's just trying to be intentional and when you mess up you just forgive yourself and you keep trying to set aside time that's huge just to keep like we talked about consistency like trying to go back in there and do stuff even if you mess something up or even if it doesn't turn out the way you want it to or even if you can't find the perfect amount of time that you want to do it just coming back to that space and being like okay I'm gonna maybe forgive myself or maybe be gentle with myself and and keep going okay If we have listeners who want to get into a creative endeavor or want to find a creative endeavor and don't know what to do, like, do you have any advice for them? Oh, yes. This is, like, my last four years of my life. Okay. So I thought The Artist's Way was a a good starting point, but mainly the takeaway of it being find things that interest you and just give yourself the space to try it. So I tried a lot of dead ends and a lot of things that I think led to more things and at the very least it's an enriching experience like I tried flying trapeze and it turns out I was really scared of flying trapeze wait I'm sorry what (laughs) I took there's a place in Nashville where you can do flying trapeze and I took two classes and I thought the second would be better because I knew it was coming but I think it was worse because I knew it was coming (gasps) because I am scared of heights why did you do this one I I'm scared of heights but I don't remember until I'm up high okay yeah it's like ledges yeah so flying was fun but jumping off the platform was too much for me so flying trapeze is this like an aerial like you're on like ropes and stuff or Mm -hmm. and then you fly off of stuff yeah so there's a place it's called Nashville School for the Aerial Arts and they do all kinds of aerial classes but Mm. you climb up this ladder like 20 Mm -hmm. feet up you're over a net and you're harnessed down so it's Mm -hmm. it's very safe it's not like it's unsafe it was just scary because your body is like don't jump off this platform and you like stand on the edge of a platform 20 feet up and they hold on to the back of your harness and you lean over the edge and grab the flying trapeze like the bar and then you swing and I couldn't do the like hook your knees over and hang down but I did do a backflip off of it oh my gosh I love how willing you are to just get out there and try stuff. Yeah, I feel like you just have to try stuff until you find something you really enjoy. And I also think it's okay to have multiple things that you enjoy. You don't have to have one big thing. 
I guess just find things mm. that you think sound interesting mm-hmm. and give yourself the space to try them. And don't be afraid to do them alone. If you don't have a friend to do something with or nobody else wants to do trapeze or a painting class or whatever it is, just go by yourself. It's not the end of the world. And if you develop the bravery to do something by yourself, I think it gives you, I mean, stay safe, but I think it gives you (laughs) a lot more freedom to explore because it lets you be your own person instead of doing all the same things that everyone around you is doing. And hopefully in those classes or whatever it is that you're out there doing by yourself, you'll be able to meet other people who are like-minded or interested in similar things that you are. So that's really good advice. For sure. Thanks. Especially, I also work remote, so just getting out of the house oh, yeah. is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's a huge challenge, I would feel like. Mm-hmm. Okay, last question for you. Why do you create? I feel like creating is just a part of human nature. I mean, if you are, like, religious or you have a higher power or God that you believe in, then, I, like, I believe that we were created in the image of God, and God is a great creator. And so we, in turn, as images, like, have a desire to create things and to create beauty and order in the world. And I think it's just so enriching and beautiful to create something. And when you look at something, like a shoe or a painting, and you're like, I put so much time and effort into that. It's really special in a world where you can just order anything on Amazon. And I think it's an experience that you don't always have very often because, I mean, we're very fortunate to live in a world where, like, we're in a book club together and I didn't buy the book. And so I could get (laughs) it with, like, overnight shipping when I, at the last minute. And it's nice to live in a world with those conveniences, but I think when we're surrounded by instant gratification, it's something really special to put the time and effort into making something that you really care about. That's fantastic. I agree. Alrighty, guys, for today's creative challenge, find a craft that you've always wanted to do and just like identify what that is. That's it. That's a creative challenge. Identify a craft that you are like, hey, I'd love to try that sometime or do that. One of mine that I've really been wanting to do is to do a moss wall art project. Um, So I'm just gonna like identify that and like keep that top of mind. Um, so that I can, you know, pursue and try to make that happen this year. So identify what your long time, long lost, always wanted to do <laughs> creative project is, and then think about if you would do it. Anna would. Don't forget, guys, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> <laughs>